Welcome to my channel and my podcast, uh, By the Grace of the Lord. I get to share as long as I can until he comes. So I have a few updates uh, that are important. And um, one is the 28 countries now that have adopted the passport, some form of the COVID passport. So I've been talking about how the green passport in Israel is the mark. It's the green mark. So the word in Hebrew for the passport in Israel is the mark. So basically 28 countries now have adopted some form of the mark. Now, is it the mark of the beast yet? Um, no, but it is what gets you into the system. So it'll be almost impossible to get out of the system when they want to um, put that on your forehead or your arm. So um, some of the countries include Singapore, um, Australia. So I guess in Australia, this happened almost overnight. So I don't know all the details in Australia. You can look up the news yourself. But... Um, basically, almost overnight, you have to have this um, the COVID code or passport or mark to travel, to get into stores, retail shops. Um, so there's quite a few countries. Uh, that's 28 countries. So um, in the U.S., I think it's New York and Hawaii so far. So, you know, we don't know how much we're going to be able to escape that in the U.S., um, although the beast system is moving and on the rise. So I had talked about the significant events that happened on Passover 2021 and then the real Passover. So the end of March 2021, Netanyahu in Israel could not form his coalition. So he did not control the Knesset. So that gave a way for another party or another coalition of forums. So I've talked about this a little bit, but um, I just want to reiterate it. So that was very significant event that happened on Passover 2021. Because Netanyahu is the conservative party that holds back the beast system, basically. And then in Passover, the end of April 2021, the outbreak on the Temple Mount and the Jews of Jerusalem being beginning to be trampled by um, the Gentiles, which I believe started the last 42 months. So that's what I believe on my channel, uh, in my beliefs. And if I'm wrong, <clears throat> then I'll be wrong. And I'll face that when, I co when it comes. But it just seems that these uh, everything lining up between 2017, then the middle, which is 2021, and the events that are happening, um, I really believe we are in the last three and a half years of tribulation. So that was significant then. So on Passover, the end of April 2021, the outbreak on the Temple Mount, um, the Hamas attack, and... There's a lot more persecution of Jews right now. Right. Then on a blood moon in May 2021, uh, our Secretary of State flew over to Israel to meet with the Bennett. So Naftali Bennett now. Uh, so today they've taken over the Israel Knesset. So uh, they've made their announcement and everything will be um transitioning now from Netanyahu to Bennett. 
Bennett is fairly conservative, but he has betrayed that trust, and he has now joined with this, um, I call it the evil coalition, uh, alongside um, Lapid, Lapid's party, um, Yar Lapid. So basically, Bennett would be the prime minister for two years, and then um, Lapid would take over in two years. So Lapid is very liberal and wants to divide uh, Israel make two states. So we know if that ever happens, you know, the Lord will not bless that and he will also not bless anyone that's going to be participating in that, which um, I believe Biden wants to do that. So anyway, that's my prophetic watch. Just, you know, remember that even though it seems like nothing happened at the three and a half year mark from 2007, the fall of 2017, to around Passover, I've said it over and over, around Passover 2021, that's when we're going to enter in this last three and a half years. And even though it doesn't look like significant events happen, they are happening. So we have the false prophet, the mark, and we have significant events happening in Israeli government. So basically that leaves way for the abomination to come in. So the other uh, important event is this thing called the giant. So I don't know if you guys heard about it. It was created in Ireland, which, you know, I like Ireland. I don't think Ireland's a bad nation or anything. But could this give way to the image of the beast? Is this, an, it's, is this something that could be used as the image of the beast where people are going to worship it? So... This is, article is from the Irish Post, and it is March 16th, 2021. So that was um, also near Passover, 2021. A colossal moving statue built by an Irish company is being built as one of the most exciting visitor attraction concepts of the 21st century. The giant was conceived by Dublin's based uh, The Giant Company, led by entrepreneur Patty Dunning, and is the world's tallest moving statue over 10 stories high. It will exhibit a garden space, a roof garden, dining facilities. The giant's arms and head can move positions in its patented skin, a matrix of millions of program programmable LED pixels give it the ability to instantly take the form of any man or woman, from historical figures to celebrity stars or simple selfies of its visitors. Okay, so you're walking up to this giant statue and it becomes you, or uh, does it become Jesus, or the Pope, or um, do can they use this giant talking, movable pixel statue to, you know make any miracles, any false miracles. You know, when the false prophet gives the power over the beast for one hour, um, and then the, the beast has a voice. Is this part of the voice? You know, can there be part of the voice in this? I don't know, but it was, uh, um, I, I thought it was interesting to bring this out. So, the giant will transform every hour, changing into an exemplary man or woman, have the ability to speak, Okay, it has ability to speak or sing to crowds that gather below. Okay, so I wanted to bring that out and show you some images. Um, so we're just moving closer and closer to, you know, if the three and a half years has started, basically the Lord has given the, um, 
you know, authority to the beast system for this time. So it's kind of like a moving beast that we, you know, it's not going to get better. Like we, we can't push back. Um, we can have hidden places and we can be safe and all kinds of things. And I'll talk about, um, I want to talk a little bit about how I'm feeling kind of like hidden and, and crucified in a way. Um, Oh, I also just wanted to update you all on the vaccination. So in Israel, you know, they aggressively vaccinated um, and they also aggressively vaccinated their youth, I think from 12 and up. But there is a lot of documentation now about, um, especially in young men, so teenage men, uh, there is an inflammation around the heart that's causing even fatalities. So there's been over 5,000 deaths caused from the vaccination in the U.S. in the last six months. And I guess there was only 2,000 vaccinations deaths over the last 10 years. Um, so that's on the, the VAERS website, V-A-E-R-S. But anyway, uh, Tucker Carlson brought it up and then when they've tried to post about it and everything, the social media, you know, all the giants have shut all them down. They're trying now to, you know, whistleblow this um, heart inflammation. And so anyway, I just wanted to bring people's attention to that. All right. <clears throat> Stay tuned. I don't know if anyone's feeling lonely. <laughs> like, um, personally, I moved to a more isolated place so I could be prepared and be with the Lord and not have distractions from the world. Like, i trying to get out of that matrix of the world system. And um, I was thinking how, um, not my will, but thy will be done. Like, I believe that the last three and a half years is is a shadow picture. The The Crucifixion Week was a shadow picture of the last three and a half years. Um, so after not my will but thy will be done, uh, Jesus was crucified and um, personally, <laughs> this is going to feel seem weird, but personally about a week ago I felt like I was on the cross like I'm in that season with him on the cross. It was kind of like um, I'm on the cross and I can't speak. I can't defend myself. I'm I'm dying with him on the cross. I'm identifying with him as he, you know, I'm in his body as he is um, hanging without, you know, being able to defend himself or speak it anymore at this point. And the thieves you know, are arguing. And I have a really great part in my book. Uh, I was thinking of you, um, The Passion of Jesus. I was thinking of you. So I have a really great bit in my book about that. Maybe I'll insert it here. Um, because the Lord is being so stealth and he's being so hidden that it's, I feel like, um, I feel like humiliated like ridiculous you know like I'm hanging there going uh why everyone's debating you know whether he's the Lord whether he's coming back um and it felt a lot like that and I I, I wonder if if these next 
three and a half years, probably less because the days will be shortened. Um, but how, you know, if they'll be, how lonely it is, how, how isolating that feels. Um, because I was thinking of the people, you know, that I've warned that don't know him and how it's like a parable. It's like I've spoken in a parable and since they didn't know him and didn't recognize him, they couldn't understand what I was saying. So I don't know. It just that really occurred to me of just that loneliness. Um, but as the um, beast system is taking over uh, 28 countries adopting the mark and the church, um, the true believers are really more underground and we may go through, you know, we're in the secret chambers. Um, we may not be out there uh, so prevalent. Um, um, the word I got in my last video was only those who have the oil will have the revelation. So if only the true believers have the revelation and the true believers are really hidden, are in chambers, in secret chambers or in the wilderness, then we're going to feel, I think, kind of like that death on the cross. I mean, I feel like we're going to feel we don't have a voice. And because only those who are listening to the parable, only those who are listening to the wisdom of the Lord are going to hear. So anyway, um, I think I'll insert a little bit of my Jesus, uh, the two thieves, um, arguing, because that's how I felt. And um, stay tuned for more information. Um, also, stay, you know, I feel that we're isolated too, because the Lord... He really wants that relationship with each one of us really, really strong. So we can't, the things we found comfort in before, we may not be able to find comfort in now because it's only really going to be the relationship with him that we're going to find the comfort. It's only going to be um, in the kingdom of heaven. So less and less things that might have satisfied us before are not going to satisfy us. Um, so I'm, I'm feeling all those uh, pains and all those uh, uh, feelings, and I just wondered if you were too. Scene 22 Setting Golgotha The Thieves John chapter 19, verses 23 to 24 The blackening sky deemed an ominous covering. The people who were unwavering just hours ago in their decision I should be condemned to die, now cowered under the increasing oppression of the atmosphere. The masses grew restless, but instead of moving as a mob, they began prodding each other much like cattle, panicking when a storm is pending, frantically colliding with one another, pushing their way to shelter. What if this was truly the Son of God? The sheer density of the dark clouds conveyed the impression of thick, heavy mud weighing heavily on their shoulders. The thick, murky air oozed into their ears, their eyes, even into their mouths. The once confident cries of, Crucify him! now felt more like hoarse whispers, muddled with fear, much like a cry in a nightmare when one opens their mouth to scream but no sound is heard. This is the tone of my final hour before my death. 
due to multifactorial pathology, the after-effects of compulsory scourging and maiming, hemorrhage and dehydration. My body is in severe shock. With each laboured breath, I heaved up and down on the nails that bore into my flesh. I felt as if I was being suffocated, asphyxiated, strangled by the weight of my very own body, the body I inhabited in order to walk among my people of Israel, my body, once a blessing to many, now a curse hanging on a tree. I was thinking of you, as I am thinking of you now, when a pernicious envelope closes in around you, when the enemies are hauntingly gruesome and you sense their wicked evil presence seemingly fenced in with no way out, when the enemy of your soul is pressing down on you with a heaviness on your chest, which makes you feel suffocated and paralyzed, this is the opposite of my presence. My presence is one of peace, and will cause you to feel empowered, strengthened, confident, and assured. I am the light of the world. I am the same in the light and the darkness. I will illuminate your darkness. Call upon me, Jesus. In my name, demons flee. The two criminals on either side of me groaned as they were lifted up unto the stationary member of each of their crosses. They had not been scourged. Their faces were recognizable. Each had committed a common crime. As I was being lifted up with blood running everywhere from my hands, my feet, my face, my head, my back, my chest, one of the criminals cheered at me. And you the Christ? Save yourself and us. I would have looked at them, if my eyes were not so swollen from the beatings, and the pain was not shooting through my body as a lightning bolt, as I hung vertically, causing my weight to bear down on my wounds. The irony of being a perfect man crucified between two thieves was not too difficult for me to bear. It was, in fact, the two thieves who faced their own conflict in being crucified next to me. The bickering between people regarding who I am was a common theme as I walked the earth. It is common now to these two thieves drawing conclusions about who I am, arguing even while they are dying on a cross, and even while I am in the midst of them, listening to their discourse. I, of course, could see the hearts of these men. I knew why they were here. I knew why they were condemned to die today. They, however, did not know nor begin to understand why I am here. Would they believe me if I told them I was nailed to a cross because of my great love I have for humanity? Of my great love I have for them? The thief on my left hurled insults at me. If you are the Christ, save yourself and us. How is it that he had the strength to speak at all? The one on my right answered, rebuking the first one. Do you not even fear God, since you are under the same sentence of condemnation? 
we indeed are suffering justly, for we are receiving what we deserve for our deeds. But this man has done nothing wrong. As they continued the bickering, I thought about the future and destiny of people from now on. There will always remain the same controversy based on my identity. Whenever the name of Jesus is mentioned, until I come again, there will be the conflict of the two thieves. Just as I am experiencing firsthand a squabbling as they hurl their opinions to each other, even as I hang, bleeding and dying between them, millions of people throughout thousands of years will carry on the exact same debate. In churches and out of churches, in Christian cultures and non-Christian cultures, there will be the ongoing dialogue, Who am I? I, of course, will be in the middle of them, stretching out my hands daily for their sakes. And each dispute will be much like these two thieves quarrelling about the validity of my claim to be God, even as they are condemned to death, for each person must die like these two criminals, the opposing sides will be quibbling about me, instead of facing their own judgment and certain execution. So many people will miss the point. Me. Over and over and over. They will miss the pivotal, crucial point of my mission on earth. To die, so that others may live. As I am lifted up in the middle of sinful humans, I cannot be forgotten or put aside. I cannot be discredited by anyone's opinion of me. I stand forever as God who became man and poured out my life for all those who would receive me. It doesn't matter to me what any person thinks of me. It matters to them. I was thinking of each thief next to me. I knew their thoughts, their actions. I knew when they got up and sat down. I knew when they decided to commit each crime and exactly what drove them to it. I even knew what they would choose at this critical moment. Throughout generations, I will be the subject of countless conversations. As each conversation occurs, I will be in their midst, right there. I am right there now, as you speak of me wonder about me, perhaps even make your own opinions of me. My hands will still be stretched out for you, for I was thinking of you as I am thinking of you now. As one thief began to harden his heart, he held his head high, defiant with pride, as painful as it was. It grieved me so. I did not want him to be separate from me. I wanted him to be in the kingdom of God with me this very day, to join me with my Father in heaven, but I could feel his heart turning to stone. One more chance I was giving him. One more chance, but much like a petrified piece of wood which becomes stone over time, this man's heart had become hard. Each time he had a chance to humble his heart and try to have better life, he had taken another step on the path to darkness. Once his heart had become pliable, like clay, something could be made from it. 
I thought of his heart when he was just a boy. As any boy, he had curiosity and wonder. He carefully formed a pile of mud into a lion that he could play with. One day, he got beat up by a cruel neighbor boy, and he remembers the day he took his clay lion, threw it onto the ground. It broke into pieces. He made the clay into a stone he could throw instead. This was his first turning point, which started him on a path to hatred and revenge and later crime. I deserve to steal this bread, he muttered to himself as he took his first piece, because it is a cruel world. If I don't feed myself, no one will. I could hear his thoughts, which led to the pattern which paved the path to his destruction. I loved him. I would have reached out my hands to him if I could. Even my heart to him. But the pliable wood of a boy had become a putrid tomb. His attitude was in such contrast to the criminal on my right. This one could not even look at me. He only stared at the ground near my feet where his shadow was cast. He felt he was not worthy to be crucified next to me. He wished he could withdraw his shadow that dared to touch my feet. Perhaps many times he had heard of me, but he had kept on with his path of crime. Perhaps someone even tried to give him a slice of bread. But he felt unworthy to receive such a benevolent gift, as he had so often stolen the same crumb for his own sake. I saw his heart. Is it strange that in my final moments of life in a mortal body I should be considering the thieves on either side of me? The two thieves will reflect the two opposing opinions of me throughout the rest of history. The two thieves' attitudes, one in arrogance, one in humility, warrant attention as these two attitudes will serve as an example of the choice given to each person from this day forward. Who do men and women say that I am? Who do the thieves say I am? One shouts that I am a fraud, while the other acknowledges me as a king and begs for mercy. The thief on my right dared to whisper my name. Jesus, remember me when you come in your kingdom. Who do you say that I am? This will be the recurring theme throughout generations. It is no mistake that my last interface with humans would be one of two very different sentiments and that this interaction would be one with strangers and thieves. Anyone has a right to call upon me and be saved, even to their last breath. When I said to the one on my right, Truly, I say to you, Today you shall be with me in paradise. Luke chapter 23 verse 43 I exemplified for all times that anyone with a proper heart towards me will have the right to enter the kingdom of God. One does not need to do any work other than to believe in me. One does not have to be baptized or become a church member. One only has to believe that I am the Messiah, Jesus Christ, the Son of God, the Savior of the world. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish, 
but have everlasting life. John chapter 3 verse 16 You might think I am cruel by not letting the thief on my left enter into paradise with me. But this man had many, many chances throughout his life to believe in God. He chose not to believe. Even in his final hour, God had given him one last chance. God is gracious, full of mercy and kindness. He gives a person every chance to come to him. Just as the thieves had secured their faith, one to hell, the other one to heaven, each person must make a decision on their own. Just as I had to bear my cross alone, each person must bear their cross alone, with one exception. I will be there. No one could do this for me. I had created humankind. I must save them from themselves. Throughout the rest of the history of the world, as a church age arises, there will be the same dialogue going on between two thieves. I will be continually stretched out between the two swords of opinion, whether they are real swords or a cold war. My death on the cross will be forever in the middle of the war. As each thief speaks his or her mind, their opinions will burn like dry tinder in the flaming fire of my presence and become nothing but ashes in the light of my word. My truth will ultimately burn up the rhetoric. Only a choice counts. Believe who I am. Or not. Throughout crusades and religious wars, where one person kills another in my name, I will be in the middle, the one who is being slaughtered for their sakes all day long. Throughout fussing and fighting between religious organizations, I will be the common denominator, the only one who has the right to be worshipped. My arms will be continually open to receive anyone who stops, listens, and with humility casts his or her eyes to the ground in my presence, just like the thief on my right. Each sword that is thrust in my name must pierce through me first, as it is now, for I am the true temple. In me is the fullness of Yahweh forever. A church with no walls is my body. A church with no denomination is my body. A church with no doctrine but me, my word is my body body. A church who welcomes everyone as guests to a wedding feast is my body. My body is the church, and I am the only one who needs to die for the sins of the world. You should never be punished for your sins by another person. If someone comes to kill you in my name, then he or she is not in fellowship with me, the living God. If someone comes with another doctrine to add to my death on the cross, then he or she is not coming in the name of the Lord. There will be many horrific deeds done in my name throughout the rest of the history of the world, but these acts are much the same as the thieves fighting amongst themselves. I will always be separate. I will infinitely be the one lone saviour of the world. I am not an organization, not an entity. I am a person, a deity, 
the man god who died alone to open a door through my body and my blood for any one to come into my sanctuary and fellowship with me in peace as i think of the words and swords that will continue years from now as i hang on this rugged cross although my body is screaming in pain i silently remain steadfast so that when you are crushed under the weight of someone's false doctrine or you are caught in the middle of a denomination war or at the point of someone's wicked religious sword you will know that i am he the one who is the first and the last the alpha and omega the aleph and tov what i started i will finish the beginning and the end the author and the finisher of your faith i am the door to paradise and eternal peace just as i take the humble thief with me this day to paradise i will take you i was thinking of you just as i am thinking of you now in all demonstration of religious zealotry throughout all time the demonstration of my death on the cross is a pivotal point of faith i am at the center when you are in pain afraid and alone whether you are at the point of death call upon me and truly you will be with me this day in paradise as i said where i go there are many mansions do not let your heart be troubled do not let it be afraid where i go i prepare a place for you john chapter 14 verse 2 I prepare this place for you today just as I am moments away from the end of my life in human form as I am at death's door the door is opening for you to be with me in paradise forever I am thinking of you You can listen to my uh free um downloads on podcast or YouTube of the passion of Jesus on your own. All right. God bless and I'll talk to you soon. <laughs> okay. The temple of my Messiah. The new Jerusalem of God.